1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor, give us a five-star review, and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.
0: Good afternoon, Paula.
1: Well, hello there, Coach Roberts. How are you today? I am better than I deserve.
0: You and me both.
1: I stole that answer.
0: It's a good answer.
1: Yeah. You know, I was listening to Dave Ramsey a couple weeks ago. And he said he actually stole that answer from somebody else. So I feel perfectly legit stealing that answer from him. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we've accepted Christ, we're all better than we deserve.
0: We are. Covered in the blood. Amen. I've enjoyed watching the Olympics. Still going on.
1: I know. I am losing sleep, though, because I just keep watching them late into the night. And we normally go to bed early, but we don't have really... A good way of watching the Olympics because we were too cheap to pay for anything. So we're just waiting until the evenings when NBC airs the highlights, basically, of things that happened, what, a good 12 hours earlier? Yeah. I'm a little annoyed at my iPhone, though. I'll get a Apple News alert that Simone Biles takes the bronze on beam. Well, I didn't want to know that. <laughs> I wanted to be surprised.
0: Have you heard about the men's marathon yet?
1: I have not, have you? I have
0: not. All right,
1: well, you know. I'm
0: surprised we haven't got a notice on our phones.
1: I'm surprised too. Now, and it's not even like I click on the notice. It's like in the three words you can read on the screen.
0: Yeah, and I've been following the highlights on the Peacock app on my phone or on our TV. And the highlights always have who the winner was or what place somebody was. So it spoils it right in the title.
1: Yes, and you spoiled that for me today, but I won't say which one it was, because I'm still going to watch it tonight and just be surprised all over again, because it's it's actually a track race I'm excited to watch tonight.
0: Okay, I know which one you're talking about. So,
1: thanks a lot.
0: No. (laughs) So, you're talking about saving money. I was. You did. You said we were were too cheap to pay for our television service. Oh, yeah.
1: I guess I did say that in a roundabout way.
0: So, that came up in um, training this morning. I was riding the bike with our son Jacob and a friend of mine, Jared, and Jared was saying that his wife had discussed with him canceling their TV service and saving $100 a month, and he works a lot and I don't guess he watched a lot of TV anyway. So they agreed. And then a few weeks later, she said, I think we should start giving an extra $100 a month to our church. And he said, so you're taking away the (laughs) TV and you're giving it to the church. That was just funny.
1: (laughs) She's a very good person. So I'll talk a little bit about my training run this morning. Go for it. I'm in a three-week build cycle, so I'm not really training for anything big my friend kelly is training for a marathon at the end of september and then i'm doing the boston virtual i think i'm gonna do it october 8th that's the first day you can do it so i guess i'm kind of training for that but i don't want to strike a match when i do the boston virtual because you know you and i are going to be out in moab and we're going to be pacing a friend to his 240 uh, ultra goal
0: 240 miles.
1: Yeah, so I want to be fresh for that. So I just need to get my 26.2 miles in. But nevertheless, I've been training along with Kelly, mostly to keep her company. She was out of town today. So I met Bethany this morning and a couple of friends, Mitzi and Penny, which I didn't know Penny, but it doesn't take long to make a new friend out on a run. So it was nice to meet her and had two-hour, 25-minute run with the last 30 minutes at marathon effort and from the gate i was just feeling sluggish but by the time my last 30 minutes rolled around i was able to maintain a decent effort and i was pleased with the result on a humid morning it's heating back up it's actually been pretty mild this week it's been in the upper sixties in the morning, still humid, but breathable air. And today you could just feel the air getting heavy again. Which brings me to yet another point. What is that? I did watch the women's Olympic marathon last night on NBC. And of course they cut in when they're it was about two hours four minutes into the race. And the women's world record is around two hours fourteen minutes and some change, so I thought, oh, there's only 10 minutes left, but they actually still had a little over four miles to go, so NBC covered the last four miles of the race, and at that point, there were four women in the lead pack, and one of them was Molly Seidel, who is an American, and She's an experienced runner, but she actually qualified for the Olympic Trials with her half marathon time. So the Olympic Trials was her first ever marathon. Wow. And she got second place on a hot and hilly course in Atlanta. And I think her time was around two hours, 27 minutes. And then in October of 2020, London had their elite only version of the race so she went over and ran that and she bettered her time to 225 but in the olympic field she was going up against the world record holder from kenya kosje and again it was two hours 14 minutes and four seconds in a pretty strong field. So she never dreamed she would medal because there were a bunch of, there were 80-something women in this race, and a whole bunch of them had marathon times way better than her. So she was just happy to be in the Olympics, excited to have qualified, and now the Olympic race is her third ever marathon, with a 225 being her best time. Well, they didn't have the race in Tokyo. they had it about 500 miles north of tokyo hoping it would be cooler the friday they ran it saturday morning in tokyo and the friday night before the race they moved the start time from 7 a.m to 6 a.m so at the start it was still 78 degrees with 83 percent humidity and by the time they finished It was 84 degrees and, you know, with the humidity, the heat index was well into the upper 90s. So you could see them as they were running along and again, the last four miles of the race is the only part. I got to see, I'm sure at some point the entire race will be posted somewhere and I can watch it. But you have these four women, you have the two Kenyans, you have the Israeli, and you have Molly. And they're just getting along and of course Molly's right in there with them because at this point they're on pace to finish around 2 hours 27 minutes. So that's a couple minutes slower than her best. And she said afterwards she thrives under adverse conditions, so she was kind of hoping that there would be a little bit of heat and it would maybe slow down she didn't want it to be a world record pace day because she didn't have that kind of leg speed for a marathon yet mm. i'll say yet because who knows Who knows? it's only your third marathon so they cut to commercial break well before they cut to commercial break the two kenyans and the israeli they were still together but had gapped molly by maybe 10 seconds and you could tell she was falling off well after the commercial they show molly in third and the israeli is walking so of course i'm thinking well what happened what happened did she start walking and then molly overtake her but i was doing a little online research and i haven't found the video footage but the article i read said that molly passed her And when Molly passed her is when she started walking. So I guess it just (laughs) broke her.
0: Took the air out of the balloon.
1: Yeah, and the other thing, too, is she was trying to stay right on the heels of the Kenyans. And I think while Molly just let them go and kept running her race, the Israeli got outside of herself and I think she just kind of blew up. So, But needless to say, it was a hot day and it was a very big surprise. It's just been since... 2004 that an American has medaled in the Olympics. And that was Dina
0: Castor. Wow. It's amazing how many medals the U.S. has won this year. But thinking about the women's marathon, it just makes me think you just never know what's going to happen on race day. Anybody can win on any given day. You just don't know Who's going to show up and how they're going to perform. And the other thought is the heat makes such a difference.
1: Yeah. And, you know, with under three miles to go, Molly could have thought, wow, I'm going to finish fourth place. Like just out of the medal contention, which is probably the most frustrating place to finish if you're not gonna finish in the top three then finish 11th or something (laughs) like don't be the one that missed the gold medal by 10 seconds or the bronze medal by 10 seconds but she just stayed calm collected and even when the israeli went with the kenyans and they were gapping molly the announcer which i'm assuming she was doing this live in real time and didn't know what was going to happen she said well with this heat and these conditions even though We're under three miles away. She just needs to keep it together and run her race because you never know what's going to happen. And then that was the most untimely commercial break. You would have thought NBC could do a little bit better job of playing that commercial break where you could see Molly getting into third place because that would have been a little bit more exciting than coming back from commercial and you're going, wait, what? What happened?
0: (laughs) I'm thinking they have the footage.
1: Well, they have to have the footage, but why would they cut to commercial... Right there.
0: I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. I'm sure we will. But that was exciting.
1: It was a fun race. I enjoy watching. And you know, people I I get people who know me know I get a little bit bent out of shape over women's sports because you know, we've talked about before you take beach volleyball, the men are in shorts, baggy shorts down to their knees and T shirts and just out there to play volleyball and then the women are in outfits that probably most women wouldn't even be comfortable wearing. And it's, you know, just, I don't know. I think it's disrespectful the way women are almost forced to dress in sport. And I heard, and you might know more about this, that there was a team that got fined and maybe couldn't compete in the Olympics because they refused to wear those cheeky bikini bottoms.
0: I had heard that there was some controversy there, but... I really don't know much about it. I can't imagine there being any competitive advantage to wearing baggy shorts versus something that resembles a thong.
1: Yeah, I mean, if there were a competitive advantage, the guys would be wearing something similar. Like, you know, we're we're triathletes, and we wear spandex, and it's form-fitting, and I'm a little uncomfortable running around Owensboro in spandex, but I'm not wearing anything in the sport different from what you would wear, in the sport i mean my colors might be more feminine or something that looks a little more girly but it's an outfit that matches what you need for the sport rather than just singling out women so we can do better for our girls i think because those girls are talented and amazing athletes yeah and i just can't imagine if somebody had uh, body image issues or you know, just very modest, even wanting to pursue that sport. So there could be the the best ever women in the world who could be awesome at beach volleyball would never pursue that sport because they're like, I'm not going on national television dressed like that. Yeah. But there was a women's gymnastics team that wore uh, long pant leotards rather than the little unitard. But again, even in gymnastics, the guys wear something very form-fitting too because baggy clothing could definitely be dangerous in the sport of gymnastics. I even get the gymnastics outfits, but beach volleyball, not a fan Mm -hmm. of the outfits yeah the u.s men have really struggled on the track in olympics this year i think they only have one running gold medal and i won't say what that is in case there's some of our listeners who are a little bit behind so i think they've been a little disappointed but the women are racking them up i do have one more olympic okay and (laughs) this sport has really nothing to do with us as coaches but the 10 meter platform diving that little 14 year old girl from china who won like she broke every olympic high score there ever was and had the olympics been held in 2020 she would not have been 14 and you have to be 14 to compete in diving in the olympics and i mean she just looked like a little computer image demonstrating what each dive is supposed to look like like you could find no flaws in the finals each diver Complete six dives, and on three of her six dives, she got perfect tens all the way across. Wow. Yeah, so 14 years old. We'll see her for years to come, I'm sure. Cute little thing.
0: Yeah. What was the gymnast a long time ago? Nadia...
1: Komenichi. (laughs) Komenichi,
0: who had all the tens.
1: Yes, and gymnastics was a completely different sport back then. If you watch what she does versus... What these women do now, I mean, she'll even tell you, this sport has really evolved. Mm. And now a 10 is a bad score in gymnastics because the um, scale has changed. They need to get 15s to win.
0: Wow. Oh. When you mentioned giving men and women athletes equal respect, it reminded me of something I was looking at this week. I was looking at the professional triathlete organization, PTO, their Collins Cup race, that's coming up August 28th. And I was just looking at the, the premise of the PTO, and it's to further expand the great sport of triathlon. But it also, its goal is to make sure that the men and women athletes are awarded the same amount of money for winning or coming in a second, whatever. But the Collins Cup, that's going to be something really cool to watch after... Olympics. Do you know much about it?
1: Well, tell all of us about it.
0: All right. <laughs> so it it's a triathlon competition between the United States, Europe, and then another group called the Internationals, everybody else. And each team has, I believe it's 12 participants, and there's a captain, and they have these 12 consecutive individual triathlons, one person from each team competing. And they do one triathlon after another with about 10 minutes between them.
1: So there are just three athletes competing at a time?
0: Yeah. And every 10 minutes, each team starts another one of their athletes. And so there's some strategy involved. Because if a team member wins their race, the team gets a point. Or if it comes in second, it's like half a point. And then if a team member wins by two minutes the team gets an extra half point or if a team member wins by four minutes they get an extra point. The idea is to earn points and at the end of the 12th race you see who has the most points. So it's going to be really strategic for the captains of the team to decide which athletes to start Win. So each of the races consists of a 2k swim, an 80k bike, and an 18k run.
1: What does that convert to in miles and
0: yards? Well, a 2K swim is about 1.2 miles. Mm -hmm. So 80K is going to be about 48 miles. Mm -hmm. And the 18K run is about 11 miles. How was my math? Pretty good. All right. So... Part of the strategy is going to be deciding who to start in each race. So the way that the races will start is the captains of the team will pick the athletes as the competition continues. So for the first match, I believe it's the USA picks their first athlete and then the Europeans and the internationals decide who they want to go up against that person. And then the second race, 10 minutes later, the Europeans pick first, and then the internationals in the U.S. decide who they want to race against that person. And then the internationals go first. And they keep doing that.
1: So they basically have 10 minutes to decide who's next.
0: That's what I'm understanding. And you got to keep in mind, you're getting points for winning, but you're also getting points for winning by margin.
1: Do you get points if the competitor that starts 10 minutes back passes a competitor that started earlier? (laughs) I didn't
0: see that in the rules. But each team is made up of six men and six women, so you could have men and women racing against each other. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's up to the captains to decide.
1: Well, that reminds me of the mixed relay in the olympics in swimming i had never heard of that before so i don't know if it's new or i just hadn't paid attention before but it was kind of strategic do you send your guys out first it was it was just interesting to see how it happened and
0: i didn't get to see that event
1: yeah well it wasn't very exciting the u.s didn't do that great and our rising senior from alaska lydia jacoby was on that relay, and when she dove into her breaststroke, somehow her goggles ended up around her mouth. (laughs) So not only could she not see, she couldn't breathe very well because her goggles were covering up her mouth, but she kept going. That's determination. But the U.S. didn't do that great in that race. Hmm. So I digress.
0: So you talked about your exercise this morning. The only thing I talked about so far on my exercise was a story about my friend Jared. But also on the run this morning, I uh, ran across a friend who uh, had not been around for a while. And he turned around and ran with us. It was good to catch up with friend, Mitch. And he's training for Ironman Chattanooga, not too many weeks away. And it will be his first full Ironman. I think he's a little nervous, but I tried to reassure him that if your goal is to finish, which is what he says, you got this. You got 17 hours. And he just did Chattanooga 70.3 in just over five hours. I think he's got it.
1: Yeah. he has I'm, to be smart. I'm sure his goal is to finish, but I'm sure he also wants to do well.
0: He's a competitive guy.
1: He is. He'll do great.
0: When we were talking, he mentioned a different type of triathlon that I hadn't heard of before. He said it was called the F1 triathlon. And he explained it to me, and I looked it up as well. But it's it's called the Formula One Triathlon, and it's basically two triathlons. You do a swim, bike, run, and then you do another swim, bike, run. That's a different concept.
1: So five transitions?
0: Yeah, transition from the run to the swim. Oh boy, I wonder what the distance is. I didn't look that up, I'm not sure. I yeah. think it would be short.
1: Yeah, because if that run's too long, then you go back for a swim and a bike and... Get back on that run. At some point, your legs are going to complain a little bit. Yeah,
0: especially for amateur athletes. You really don't want them getting back in the water if they're really exhausted from the bike and the run. There is a lot of truth to that. So one of the things that I'm going to miss after the Olympics is the draft legal triathlons. And it's just such a neat concept. It's so different from what most amateurs compete in, at least in the United States, the, the non-draft legal because there's just so much more importance on being a strong swimmer so that you can get into the bike pack so you can get onto the run
1: i have thought about that but what if you're that one swimmer that's so much better than everybody else then you're just in no man's land
0: yeah you might as well just slow down
1: you might as well just get in behind whoever's the second best swimmer and just i mean i don't know
0: yeah, if, if you can't stay away on the bike, it doesn't do you any good to be way ahead on the swim.
1: Well, which in triathlon, most people don't win their races in the swim. They can definitely lose their race in the swim. But when it's draft legal, you get zero advantage if you are the Michael Phelps of triathlon. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but after the Olympics are over, hopefully we can stay abreast of the ITU or World Triathlon Organization draft legal events, which most of them occur over in Europe, but they are really exciting. And I, I used to be able to find some TV coverage on those, but I haven't recently outside of the Olympics.
1: <laughs> Speaking of exciting, this morning you were scrolling through some titles and looking at Olympic recaps, and the Australian team was doing the indoor biking, what's it called? A Velodrome. Velodrome. Mm-hmm. So it's a team of four and they have to go, I don't know how many laps, but they have a lot of laps to go and they take turns leading, pulling each other.
0: It's pretty impressive how they handle from leading. They go up. The ramp on the curve, and they come back down. And they're just immediately... In just a matter of a second. Dialed
1: in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, one of the guys on the Australian team had just done that, done his little up to the top and folded right back in, and he was the trail bike now, and he's just gutting it out, and all of a sudden he went straight over his handlebars. Well, that's what it looked like. But in actuality, what happened is his handlebars just snapped off his bike frame yeah
0: yeah the arrow bars just broke off of the frame and so he's laying on them
1: yeah and i don't think it was just the arrow bars i think it was the entire like the other set as well like the whole thing snapped off it looked like yeah and
0: bouncing around on the wooden floor
1: anyway the coach saw it happen and signaled for the other three athletes to stop even though you can race if someone drops out you can race but i guess the coach thought It wasn't going to be possible to get around the guy whose bike parts and himself were in the middle of the track.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was probably out of concern for all four cyclists to uh, have them slow down and drop out.
1: Yeah, but I think they were a favored team for medal contention. So you could see the disappointment because, you know, the Olympics only roll around once every four years. And in this case... It was five years, Yeah. so you just never know what's going to happen on race day. Yeah.
0: Speaking of that, you know, we just got back from Florida, and me and Jacob drove down there.
1: <laughs> Thanks for that.
0: And I was hoping that I could take my bike, but we had the truck so full, I didn't have any room for the bike in the back. But one of these days, I want to take my bike down to Fort Lauderdale and ride in there outdoor velodrome
1: okay but we weren't anywhere near Fort Lauderdale
0: we were a lot closer than we are right now
1: (laughs) we were but not within driving distance really
0: yeah that's true (laughs) well maybe if we do challenge Miami we'll go to the velodrome I think we need to do that I'm pretty sure I
1: didn't even know what that was I'd never even heard that word until you took me on that little field trip in Fort Lauderdale one day it's pretty cool
0: I would not want my arrow bars to disappear out from under me.
1: No, and this one wasn't a wooden one. This would seem like it Yeah, where we were concrete. At, it was concrete, yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't want to flip over your handlebars on that pavement. What was it? Mike Hillard said he was allergic to tarmac. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was a pretty good joke.
1: I'll remember that one forever.
0: So speaking of our Florida trip, I know we're going in a lot of different directions here, but we were in New Smyrna Beach and you know you got me these form smart swim goggles for Father's Day and thank you again for that. So I decided I was going to take them out for an open water swim and I did in the ocean. Not a very long swim and when I got finished I was talking to Jacob a little bit later and he he made the comment. I don't know if this is true that New Smyrna Beach is the shark bite capital of the world. Have you ever heard that?
1: Well, yes. I've traveled to New Smyrna Beach often, or at least I did when my parents went. That's that's a thing. But the next day, Bethany and I were out on the beach, and there was a shark sighting, and the people were so excited to see the little shark fins swimming around. You never guessed how many people would congregate, and you never seen an ocean clear out so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) people were screaming and i honestly thought oh my goodness somebody's missing a child so i just about jumped up started to go to the ocean to see if i could help find a missing child because wow that would be devastating but then some little kids we were maybe a tenth of a mile from where the action was happening some little kids were running down the sandbar saying shark get out of the water shark (laughs) And then I could hear what they were saying. So I was happy that no one had misplaced a child in the ocean. Hmm. You have to respect the ocean. Yes. One of God's powerful handiworks, that ocean.
0: So another thing I was thinking about was racing vacations.
1: Oh, where are you taking me? I don't know.
0: (laughs) We've got some athletes who are training for Berlin. We do. And so we've been doing some race reconnaissance and studying up, offer them whatever help we can. And so I was looking at Marathon Tours website and Berlin is still available.
1: Well, are we going? I don't think so. I mean, I'm all trained. It's it's the weekend of Kelly's race. That's true. This seems like prime time.
0: But what do you think about a, a different marathon vacation sometime? Do you like the idea of a marathon vacation or a triathlon vacation.
1: I do. I feel like when you went to Kona that was a pretty good triathlon vacation for me. <laughs>
0: it was a sweet deal.
1: Yeah, so I think and afterward we stayed another week, so you got a vacation as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm all for that.
0: So maybe when we go to New Zealand we'll do a race of some
1: kind. Okay. See now you're changing things.
0: Auster- Australia and New Zealand.
1: <laughs> no, no. You're changing a vacation into a race i was thinking the other let's find a race that would add a vacation (laughs) we're already going to australia new zealand right eventually eventually they do have some iron distance races in new zealand and australia
0: are you interested in another iron distance race
1: i mean not at the moment because my biking is a little bit on the sidelines right now but someday yeah God willing, my eyes cooperate.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking of one more thing, and you may have some other things you want to talk about. But So we just got back from vacation, and you and Bethany and Jacob were really good about getting up in the morning and doing your exercise, continuing your training plan, and and I was able to train as well. And I was just thinking, how much time does it take to maintain fitness? And I think the answer is, it doesn't take a lot of time. It just takes consistency. And yes, you need to ramp up if you're going to be increasing your fitness level. But to maintain, you can go a few weeks with some light training, but it needs to be consistent training.
1: Yeah, and I think people get the attitude of all or none. Sometimes I think people are a little bit too cyclical. So, they miss their Monday swim. And so now... Rather than, okay, Tuesday's a new day, they wait until the next Monday (laughs) and see if they can start a new week fresh. Or they might get in their training sessions Monday and Tuesday and something come up Wednesday. So rather than getting back on track Thursday, they wait and reset on Monday. And so that mindset of, oh, I missed something, I'll start again next Monday, and it's not only with workouts people do that with nutrition as well they'll get up on a Tuesday morning and eat terribly and go well I'll start over next week and that's what I don't like about those programs like and I'm not picking at any particular brand but things like the 21 day fix so you have three weeks where you're supposed to check all the boxes with your nutrition so if on day three of week one you mess up then you feel like you have to start the whole 21 days over. But you don't start then. You wait and try again. So to me, those things set a lot of people up for failure. Unless you are just really consistent and don't ever mess up.
0: Yeah, and training needs to be viewed a lot like racing. You can plan your race. You can be at your peak of fitness. But you never know what race day is going to throw at you. Molly had no idea she was going to place Third in the Olympics, but you play the cards you're dealt on that day, and as things happen, let's say you're in a triathlon and you get a flat tire on the bike, you fix it and you go on. Same thing in training. If you have a bad day, tomorrow's another day. Start fresh, pick up where you're at, maintain some consistency, keep keep working towards improvement. Just don't uh, don't let a setback really wreck your training program.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing, too. We And I'll just use an athlete this week for an example. She texted and was a little bit frustrated because things got crazy at work and she didn't get away until... Well, first of all, in the morning, her alarm didn't go off in time. She usually gets her workouts finished in the morning, so she was not able to do that. Then she's on call at work and got tied up at work and then had to be in Henderson... For her daughter's softball game which is obviously a priority and so while she's driving to the softball game she calls me and she's wrecked over it because she's just a consistent athlete and if we put it in training peaks she does it I mean she's just very consistent whether it's has to do with foam rolling or doing her workout she's so consistent and sometimes I think it's nice to have that coach to call and say oh, look You have been so consistent, like this is why it's so important to be consistent because there's going to be days that are beyond your control that you're not going to be able to fit it in. Well, your full body of work is still there. So if those occasional things come up, then it's not a big deal. Whereas if we have an athlete who's missing all the time just because, didn't get around to it, forgot about this, whatever, and then something happens in their day, and they're forced to miss a workout, then it becomes a little bit bigger deal because there's no consistency or body of work to help them through that. So,
0: But you can always start over. You
1: can always start today.
0: Start today.
1: You don't have to wait until, well, today is Monday if you're listening to this podcast the day it comes out, but you don't always have to start over the next Monday if things don't go perfectly this week one day
0: at a time incremental gains be patient be consistent that's right so we've talked about a lot of different things today so let's conclude with a scripture and if you remember when i did my first iron man a number of years ago you had shirts printed up and you asked me what scripture i would like to have on the back and i said uh, i wanted proverbs 3 6 and it says In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So whatever we're doing, let's keep him first.
1: Absolutely.
0: If you would like to be part of the conversation, search for us on Facebook, RYR Endurance Team. We'll let you into the group. You can ask us questions. You can suggest podcast topics. You can comment on podcasts. We would love to interact with you. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com.
1: Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.